powerful and intriguing tips and tricks for speakers by speakers. Welcome to the Key5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Chris Del Torrio, president of New Velocity, a sales and leadership development company that empowers people to become superstar versions of themselves. He's not only a great sales trainer, he's also a great motivational speaker. Let's get started. So, Chris, uh, in one sentence, uh, tell us, what do you speak about? You know, we primarily focus on sales and leadership development, as you mentioned. So my one sentence would be that we help people uh, become the superstar versions of, of themselves. I love that. What a, what a great idea. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Superman. <laughs> so how did you end up in the business of being a speaker? You know, there are so many speakers that have much more exciting stories than I do, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, mine was, uh, I was fortunate that the company that I worked for, we sold it to Dick's Sporting Goods. I'd worked for them for about 15, 16 years prior to that happening. Uh, you know, for me, it was great personally when we sold a company. Uh, I was the CEO of Slazinger was the company, Slazinger Golf. At the time, I'd worked for them since I was 22 years old. Uh, but now all of a sudden, I kind of find myself, uh, I was a man without a country, so to speak. <laughs> and listen, there really, there weren't that many things that I uh, honestly thought I was really good at. And I talked to some of the folks that I trusted and I said, you know, hey, what's next for me? I get to do what I really want to do. And, uh, you know, I was in the golf industry for a long time, but that is definitely nothing I can make a living at. I promise you, I, if you saw me play golf, it's not something anybody's going to pay me to do. So, uh, you know, sell, selling golf equipment and more importantly, probably helping other people uh, communicate and persuade buyers, uh, being more client centric and uh, helping reframe the way clients are looking at things and being innovative is kind of what I was able to help a, a couple different sales forces at Slazinger. I'd left for a year, went to Adidas and came back to Slazinger. I helped them do this. So uh, I found myself uh, having an opportunity. I said, hey, let's go around the country. And, and gosh, today it's more like around the planet and help other people, other companies save the same, the same problems where they can connect better uh, with their key clients and, and sell more. So speaking at these events and motivating and working on their attitude as well as some more uh, uh, particular skill development around prospecting or closing or better communications, that's what we do now. Fabulous. I love the sound of that, but you're obviously using your skill sets to help others in what you've seen in the need, especially in sales. But as a speaker, Krista, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you got started? Uh, well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, uh, I wish I knew more about how to get outstanding status with one airline versus just good status <laughs> on all of them, as much as we, we all travel. Uh, you know, I, I travel a lot and my job is all speakers do. And, you know, my, my buddies and colleagues I talk to, they get upgraded all the time and I'm always shown as next on the list, you know, so frequent flyer systems were never anything that I really focused on. I wish I really would have, but, you know, I guess my, my real answer, what I've seen and, you know, when I, when I started doing this, I thought I had to be bigger than life. Uh, I'm on stage. I'm the person with the microphone. I need to be somebody, you know, big and, and, and have that stage presence. And, you know, you, you do your best to never, ever lie. But I felt as if maybe, um, uh, you know, we work on being that fictitious you versus just you. Mm. And I really see this today in all walks of life where too many people, not just speakers, but too many people, they think they need to be somebody they're not. 
sometimes uh, I wish I was better, more active for what I do for a living on social media, for example. Uh, people in my business usually are, Facebook being a great example. I, I barely use it. However, you know, I know so many people, they're struggling with their life. They're struggling to reach their goals and be genuine, being happy, both professionally and personally. But, you know, I tell you what, log on to Facebook and it looks like they're living the dream. You know, <laughs> when I see that, yeah, I, you know, it's, it just makes me, you know, not even want to participate in social media like Facebook. And uh, I just want people to be the real them, not Facebook them. And I, uh, I, I think that applies to speakers and, and all of us. That's a great a uh, great tip to, to tell speakers that we're all trying to be better authentic of who we really are. I love that. Um, Chris, I've heard you on stage. You're also a good storyteller. How, how do you develop a key story that you may use across multiple presentations? Well, well, you're kind to say that. Thank you. I can tell you that it's something that I think I was terrible at earlier in my career. I've got five brothers and sisters, and I think they would they would leave the room when I would start telling stories to, you know, my, my father and I were both passionate golfers and I was in high school. I'd come back and tell them about every single shot on every single hole. And you know, my dad might've listened to that, but everybody else, I kind of cleared the room. So, you know, it's awesome that you brought up stories and you know, if it's your story as a speaker and it's relevant to your audience, relevant to the point, you're going to be awesome. You know, you just need to practice stories, make the world go around. I always say this, you know, it, stories take your audience uh, on this carefree ride. I think it was Peter Gruber that talked about and, and tell, uh, uh, tell to win in his book. He calls it a magic carpet ride. There's no pressure on your audience or in my case, often I'm dealing with uh, sales professionals. There's no, nobody's feeling pressure when you're telling them something, when you're telling a story, it just allows them to come along, let your story become their story. So I always tell people use stories early, use them often. In most cases with speakers, and I still, I see great speakers that still make what I think is a mistake where they open up with saying, Hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm from. This is what we're going to cover today. Oh, does the mic work? Okay. All these boring things immediately hit them with a the story as a pair uh, compared to the, the boring mumbo jumbo that we typically say. Uh, I think it's really important to get the stories fast, use them off. And then uh, there's nothing more powerful to move your audience. Well said. And I loved when you're right, when speakers start just immediately in the story, they've engaged you and you used a key word there relevant. Um, what do you, how do you ensure that your presentation or stories will be relevant to your audience? Yeah. Another good question. It's no secret that you need to know your audience. However, you know, it's been my experience. What's common sense is not always common practice. And we all tend to look at things through our, our own lens, so to speak. And try differently. Try to look at things through the lens of your audience. Uh, you know, do some research. And, and that sounds like, oh, I have to go do all this work. Doing some research often means a quick Google search, you know, a visit to the company website uh, or a similar task, depending on who your audience is. If it's a certain title, if everybody you're speaking to is uh, an accountant or a CFO, go do quick research on accountants and CFO. You know, in a very short amount of time, you can learn valuable little nuggets or whatever you want to call them that will resonate with your audience, including helping you build stories to discuss following up on your last question. Hmm. That's interesting. And, and I'm going to ask this question, I guess, thinking about as you're traveling around and let's say you've got two places you're going, two companies you're going to visit, and they're both, you're talking to sales reps in both cases. So your audience, one might assume, well, they're the same. You wouldn't need to do any research, but do you, look at that second company differently, knowing that even though they're sales reps, you may talk to them differently than the first? Yeah, often we do. 
for example, if somebody's talking to, I was working with a group in Chicago not too long ago, and one group were healthcare professionals, and they were trying to reach a CFO. And we talk about within a CFO, what do they want to talk about? And we have something called the value grid, and we talk about everybody. And you can apply this value grid to any title. What, is, what does a CFO, what keeps he or she up at night in regards to how to mitigate risk, how to make money, how to cut costs, or how to escalate efficiencies? So in that particular uh, circumstance, I was talking about framing questions for impact, how to ask better questions, tell better stories around one of those uh, four quadrants in the value grid for a CFO. Then, you know, the other group I was working, they sell into the legal industry and they're calling on general counsel and associate general counsel, sometimes chief security authors, uh, chief security officers, CISOs, they call them. And in that case, we're going to still follow that same value grid, but we're going to populate it with different stories and different pain points to make sure that we're resonating and communicating in their language. I love the way you have framed how you've customized uh, your package, the value grid, because speakers need to do the same thing. Obviously, if they're speaking to different audiences, understanding there's different needs, even though they may use the same stories or models in their their speech. That's brilliant. Uh, Very true. Chris, speakers are out there. They're obviously making professional speakers want to make money speaking. Some they're doing it to get consulting gigs and others. Would you ever recommend to speak uh, speakers that there are times that they should speak for free? You know, that's an interesting question as well. Uh, I read a book a while back talking about reasons to never speak for free. And it was a very successful speaker, very successful author. And, you know, the concept that he had in this case was that you do this for a living, not for a hobby. And there's stories about speakers that, you know, you get paid X, you know, whatever that may be for a a day of speaking, or maybe it's a keynote speech for a couple hours, whatever it is. But if you want to have dinner the night before the executives might with the speaker, which happens a lot in my cases or uh, breakfast, maybe, well, that cost X plus. And I laughed when I read that. And I'm not against it. I think if people can do it good for them, but uh, if you're a speaker and one of the courses, one of our most successful courses we teach is on referrals. Uh, referrals, you know, 88% of people are willing to give referrals, yet only 8% are ever even asked. So people have usually earned the right to ask for a referral, but they don't know how. So that could be for a speaking engagement. That could be for anything in all walks of, uh, of life. And it's, it's also just different from one of the core principles that we have here at New Velocity. And you know, we've got the poster on the hallway and things like that, but we really do try to live it. We give out awards here. We're a small company, but our employees that, you know, that we see something where maybe each quarter that uh, uh, they were the employee of the month in regards to having one of the six core principles resonate. But one that we have is you're never wrong for doing the right thing. So, you know, we have an opportunity and listen, sometimes for, you know, to be transparent, it is for selfish reasons. I know if I go and there's a a group of 45 or 145 people that fit my ideal client profile and they need a two hour keynote speech and there's no money in the budget, I'm gonna be in the same city, of course I'll do it because those are all those people that I can now mm-hmm. tap into. Just make sure you have a referral process in the back end. In addition to that, uh, where I do speak for free and I'm not even thinking that way, uh, young people, uh, I charge by the person when I do a lot of my one or two day seminars so an organization is usually willing to invest in their employees that have a quota, but if they have interns or if somebody from marketing or whatever, they're thinking, well, I don't want to spend that money. 
when I find that, I say, hey, bring them along. The more, the merrier. I want them. I want the message to resonate within the entire company. And then the other piece is going to be when you, you, you go out of business, if you spoke for free at all charitable events, but you have to be careful. They usually have a lot of money anyhow. But if it's a charity, it's important to you. Pick and choose, and, and you absolutely want to be given back. I kind of learned that back when I was in the golf industry. If I gave free golf balls to every charity that asked for free golf equipment, uh, we'd be out of business because we would literally – uh, get thousands of emails or back even before we had emails, how long I've been doing, I uh, used to do what I do. You know, we get the letters from every charity out there looking for free equipment, but you try to do something to acknowledge it. You just have to, uh, have to like most things in life, it's all about balance. Mm, great advice. So Chris, as we wrap up here, any um, secret tips or tricks you could share about speaking that uh, you could share with our listeners? Yeah. Tips or tricks. Uh, I'm sure there are some good ones and, and I'm just not into those whole like, you know, life hacks. As soon as I see something, you know, getting back to social media where they talk about the hacks or the tips or the tricks, I usually have my guard up. No, I'm not against them. And I probably do a few unintentionally. Here's the thing. Anytime you're speaking to an audience, and this could be an audience of one or 1,000, I believe you've got an obligation. And I think that obligation is to teach them something that they didn't already know. Uh, it could be something small or it could be something much bigger but teach them, reframe the way that they're looking at a certain situation. And, and then secondly, I think you've got to entertain them. Um, and this doesn't mean you have to be Jerry Seinfeld, you know, off the charts funny, but just some vocal variety with your voice. Shake it up, shake up your pace, your tonality, all of the various components uh, of the tone and the way we communicate are really critical. Uh, I think it was Roger Love, who's the voice coach to the stars from, you know, Christina Aguilera, T. Swift, you, you name all these. Uh, my kids would know them more than I would, but people from my generation as well. Uh, he, he talks about that. Your voice is your secret weapon. And many people in business I see will communicate or excuse me, will practice for four hours practicing a PowerPoint deck, but they won't invest four minutes in their voice. You know, my advice is to reallocate those hours and practice, practice, practice. You'll be so confident um, if you know not just your content and delivery, but you own your content and delivery, you can't fake confidence and preparation is what it takes to fuel that confidence meter. Can't fake confidence. That's great. Great advice. Appreciate you sharing this, Chris. Uh, this has been great. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about learning to match your vocabulary to your audience's vocabulary. For speakers who find themselves in front of large audiences, learning the language of the group is of key importance in sounding credible. It's also a quick way to connect and to discover specifics about their needs. This is just one of the reasons why your research should include a review of online and client-provided resources to find out what language and examples are pertinent to them but you should also interview representative audience members and listen carefully for words and phrases that are part of their lexicon. Take notes, ask questions, do your homework. I saw a professional speaker get on stage at a technical conference once and declare, well, after listening to the opening today, I have no idea what you people do. She thought it was funny. The audience just buried themselves in their phones. They knew she had little value for them. Knowing the language is the first step to being accepted in any culture. A speaker can't afford to miss this important and simple tactic to make an impact. I'm Alan Hoffler, 
And this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. I try and ensure the language used on these podcasts are relevant and relatable to you. But if ever I'm falling short, let me know. I'd be ever so grateful. On our next K5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Charlie Engel, a keynote speaker who's also a writer, runner, and recovering addict, and the author of the book Running Man. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number 5, podcast.com. And be sure to download the speaking tips available there. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.